0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Reds Podcast. I'm your host, your cheap seat crony, your bench jackie with a beer. My name is Jeff Carr, bringing you the Reds every day. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Monday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm very excited to join you after the Reds have played not one but two spring training games. We're going to get to those here in just a minute. Also going to talk about the addition of Jose Iglesias to the team and more news and notes for your team, the Cincinnati Reds. But before we get to all that, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. And also check us out on social media at Reds and at Jeff Carr with three F's. And also look us up at LockedOnReds.com. We've got some new writers with some new stuff. Just got a new writer with his first post yesterday. Taj Simmons looks at Frank Robinson and the impact that he had on the Reds. So go check that out and many more there on the website as we get rolling into this season. So... The Reds began spring training games on Saturday. They played the Indians to a 3-3 tie, but there's no tying in baseball. Yeah, there is in spring training. They don't want to play a whole ton of innings for games that ultimately don't mean anything. But it was nice to see some performances from different players on Saturday. And then also on Sunday as well, the bats got hot and the plate discipline was on full display against an Angels team that just didn't want to throw strikes but it was also nice to see some hits there too and some good pitching performances so on Saturday, we'll start with that, Tanner Rourke began the game he threw a scoreless inning, very nice inning, looked to be you know, I mean any analysis as my pal Doug Gray said on Twitter, any analysis in spring training is over analysis so, you know Hashtag over analysis on a lot of this stuff. But Tanner Rourke looked good. You know, Jared Hughes and Amir Garrett both pitched an inning apiece. Both had a strikeout and two ground outs. Two things you want from your relievers, especially in Great American Ballpark. And then also on the hitting side of things, Jose Siri had a pretty good day. Matt Kemp got the Reds' first home run of spring training. He will not abide being called the fourth outfielder as far as he can help it. And then also in the second game, Christian Colon hit a three-run home run, as well as Jose Peraza having a great game at the plate. Going three for three, he had three singles, two runs scored, an RBI. He even had two stolen bases. And as I tweeted, he really wished that would have count to his season total. But hey, we just started games here, so, you know, it's, it's a little easy to overreact. I mean, especially in baseball where, you know, cliches be darned. It's a marathon. It's not about one game. It's not even about ten games. we got got 162 games to go through. So even in spring training, especially where statistics don't necessarily mean anything, it's nice to see these performances. But at the end of the day, you can't get too crazy about them because as we know from spring training and as some were reminding everyone on Twitter – You have the great spring training line of Dave Sappelt from 2011 when he had 22 hits and 39 at-bats with three homers and as many walks a pair as strikeouts. He hit .564 with a .571 on-base percentage and a .974 slugging percentage in that season. And raise your hand if you remember what he did in the regular season. I don't. He was here for like 30 seconds and then gone. Spring training stats don't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. But it was nice to see some baseball and some performances. I am very impressed so far in the two games that I've seen of Taylor Trammell. You know, obviously there's a caveat there, it's just a few games, but like in the second game against the the Angels, he beat out a ground ball to third base that makes you think, where, you know, Billy who? But he did a nice job there and also a pretty decent jab in the field as well. Some folks were quick to jump on Jose Siri as he was playing center field in game one and misplayed a fly ball that went over his head and... You know, if you had your bets in with the first fly ball, people saying, oh, where's Billy, then I'm sure you didn't make any money off of that anyway because the odds would be very, very great because he was lambasted on social media for missing that fly ball. So, you know, mistakes be darned if you're playing center field and you don't catch a fly ball, get ready to hear Billy Hamilton's name yelled at you quite a bit. But overall, it was just nice to kick back and watch some baseball, seeing some guys play in the second game. Later on in the game, you know, you saw guys like Kyle Wren and Brian O'Grady and, you know, names that unless you've really gotten into Reds minor league baseball, then you're not really going to know them too much. I mean, we've heard of TJ Friedel. We've talked about him just a brief Bit here on the podcast in the past couple of weeks, he got to play a little bit, and then also we saw a nice pitching performance by Vlad Gutierrez in the second game. He started that game against the Angels, looked pretty strong and confident on the mound. As announcers, you know, as Marty and and the Cowboy had said on the radio, and then also. Indians announcers and really even angels announcers too. Anyone that's watched baseball for any amount of time will tell you that these first couple of games don't tell you much about players, but look at their intangibles, look at their confidence on the mound, their poise and moxie and all that good stuff. That's the sort of thing that you don't have to warm up. You don't have to warm up your ego or, you know, your confidence, your ability to fight through tough spots on the mound. And, There was some good, there was some bad when it came to the intangibles. I mean, Brandon Finnegan still looks shaky on the mound, still looks like he's battling. I'm not sure what this spring is going to bring for Finnegan because it really feels like he's on the bubble. He's got options, so he's going to remain in the minors if he doesn't make the major league team. But overall, it's just tough to see with the performances that he's been putting together. you got... Touched up for two runs in the second inning against the Indians. It's something to watch throughout the rest of the spring. Does he improve? And then also looking at guys like Phil Irvin, who's on the bubble. The first game he was 0-3, and then the second game he had a two-hour RBI in the first inning. These guys are going to be up and down, but I'm going to tell you why they've got a really tough spot at making the roster after the break. You're listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast. The games have started. You've seen them on TV, you've heard them on the radio. Spring training is happening right this moment. There's a game today. In fact, today we're gonna to see the first iterance of Nixon Zell in the field. Are you gonna be watching it on TV? You could be watching it in person. I'm talking about Cactus League spring training in the great state of Arizona, which is the home base for baseball fans. We're talking about great weather. If you've seen anything on TV, you've seen sunny skies. Where's the sun in Ohio? We're still waiting for it. But you can go find it out in Arizona. They've also got amazing landscapes like the Grand Canyon and Monument Valley. And all 15 Major League Baseball teams in the Cactus League play within 50 miles of each other. That's right. It's not a far drive once you get there to see just about any player you can think of. So, If you're thinking about making the trip out to Arizona, go to visitarizona.com slash spring training. You could see the Reds, the Grand Canyon, and just about any other player you can think of all within just a few days of each other. Why wouldn't you? Go to visitarizona.com slash spring training today and book your spring training trip. Arizona is the home base for baseball fans. Back at it here on the Monday edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. I mentioned in the visitarizona.com slash spring training ad that it's the first iterance of Nixon's on the field. That's wrong. First iterance of him in center field. He's going to start today's game there. So it's going to be fun to watch that. That's obviously the number one thing we're going to be checking out today. But The big news other than the games over the weekend where the Reds added another name to the absolutely monstrous list of possible bench players as they signed Jose Iglesias to a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. And, you know, he's got the ability to make the opening day roster. If he does, he stands to make $2.5 million. He joins Derek Dietrich as people who, as, you know, players who people have said, have come to the Reds at a great bargain because we're talking about a couple of dudes who played pretty much full-time over the last couple of years, and the Reds are telling them, hey, we need you as backups. And they join a cast and crew of a second string that I saw the other day, I think it was Mark Sheldon posted, that should Jose Iglesias make the opening day roster and that be the bench, the second string, would have a 6.8 wins above replacement from last season. Last season, they all compiled 6.8 wins above replacement. The bench on opening day in 2018, the wins above replacement of that crew was exactly zero. So just another instance of how the front office has improved this team over the offseason. As far as Iglesias goes himself, a couple of facts about him. He is the second Iglesias on the Reds team. Nah, just kidding. You didn't really need to look far to know that. But in 2015, he was an all-star for the Tigers. And just last season, he was worth 2.2 wins above replacement. He had a batting average of .269 with an on-base percentage of .310 in 125 games. He had 432 at at-bats in which he also got five homers and 48 RBIs. He had 15 stolen bases to boot, and he played You know, the majority of his time at shortstop. In fact, that's pretty much been the place he's played ever since going to Detroit. So he's seen as a true backup shortstop for the Reds. I don't expect him to do much moving around the diamond. I mean, he might. You could see him fill in at third or second or something like that. But Derek Dietrich is the kind of guy that probably moves around the diamond a lot more than Iglesias. And if you give Peraza a day off at shortstop, maybe you move him somewhere else and give someone else an off day, that David Bell has a lot of flexibility with the roster as it is put together at this moment. And, you know, unless injuries plague him or something like that, I would expect Iglesias to be on the opening day roster. When it comes to the statistics that he's shown, it's just, it's exciting to see these guys come to the Reds and they've really built a deep team both on the offense and the pitching side I mean and even the backup defenders aren't terrible when it comes to fielding but it's just you know I don't want to jinx them because I don't want injuries to really mess with this thought but I feel like the Reds are in a good spot to start this season I feel like if one or two guys go down they Almost may not miss a beat. You know, knock on wood on that. Don't want freezing cold takes to take a hold of that. But when it comes to the roster, you add Iglesias in there, you're looking at a bench. And a lot of people have brought this up, me included. David Bell has said almost, not exclusively, but he said it a lot, that he wants to carry 13 pitchers for the majority of the season. With the guys that they could have on the bench, I really don't know... I don't, I don't see that happening, at least not to start, because you're talking about a bench that's going to include Jose Iglesias, a two-win player who is a true backup shortstop. you got Derek Dietrich, who's got a great bat and serviceable defense who can play a number of positions, all the corner infield, all the corner outfield, and maybe even some second base. You've got Kirk Casale, who's a heck of a bat and a great backup catcher to boot defensively. You've got Matt Kemp, who... Yeah, who knows? I mean, to to count him on the bench, it's only because I really think Paweig and Winker need to be out there every day as opposed to him. But that's not to say that he's going to be languishing on the bench every single day. And then you got Scott Shebler who has played some center field in these first two games. Of the spring and doesn't look terrible in there. He's going to be a great outfield backup to boot. So when you look at those guys and there's other there's other people who are being left off, but that's that's five really good guys right there to say that you're going to maintain 13 pitchers and send down one of those guys. Just I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play out. That's going to be interesting to see what David Bell does with that but I'm very excited to see I I think this team has been rounded out so well now through the rest of the spring let's see them stay healthy I know the news came out the news that we all fear about, especially the one pitcher who they did extend, Sonny Gray, got scratched. He was supposed to start Saturday's game in pitch and pitch an inning, but he got scratched from that start with elbow stiffness. Now, I asked C. Trent Rosecrans on Twitter if this were the regular season, would we even have known about that? And would he have been scratched? And he said that his response he received from Sonny Gray was that he's going to start throwing here pretty soon. So I think they're keeping it close to the vest, which that's totally fine with me. You don't have to give me every single you know, morsel of information when it comes to behind the scenes. But with Sonny Gray's elbow stiffness, I don't think this is something where we're worrying about Tommy John right now. I don't think this is something where he's going to miss a great amount of time. I think they're looking at this and they're like, hey, it's February. He's got time. We can ease him through this, and he'll be okay. But it also adds to my prediction that Luis Castillo will be the opening day starter. But that's neither here nor there. Just a little bit of news for Sonny Gray in the offing. Looks like we're at the time that I'm going to wrap this up. But I appreciate you listening to the Monday edition of the podcast. We've got another spring training game coming today. Like I said, Nick Senzel is starting in center field. Can't wait to watch that. Tune in tomorrow for more spring training updates of the Cincinnati Reds and general tomfoolery as well. My name is Jeff Carr. I'm the host of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for listening and downloading. Check us out on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs at Lockdown Reds, and then look us up at LockdownReds.com where we've got all sorts of content from our team of writers. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.